This is Israeli Technology Founders Speak, a podcast of conversations with successful Israeli high-tech and biotech entrepreneurs, with your host, Avraham Hermon. Dr. Noam Emanuel is the founder and chief scientific officer of Polypid, a global clinical stage biopharmaceutical company focused on developing, manufacturing, commercializing novel, locally administered therapies to improve surgical outcomes. Avram sat down with Noam to discuss the inspiration for Polypid, how you take a complex idea and turn it into a product, how to market a biotech product, successes and failures in creating a biotech startup, tips for startup founders, funding advice, and much more. This podcast is a creation of J.M.B. Davis Ben David, an intellectual property law firm serving clients around the world. You have great innovations. We keep them safe. It's not just enough to have a great startup idea. If you don't legally protect your innovations, products, and brand, anyone can claim them as their own. We help you keep your great innovations secure. Learn more by going to jmbdavis.com. That's J-M-B-D-A. VIS.com. So I'm sitting here with Dr. Noam Emanuel. He is the founder of Polypid. Noam, what problem does Polypid solve? What do you guys do? Actually, the, the, the use of drugs in, in medicine is uh, very often via the bloodstream, the systemic administration, what we call it. Uh, whereas there is uh, a very clear advantage for that because it can hit any, any place in the body. But on the other hand, most of the drug will be wasted and will be lost in the body. And some of that will go for toxicity and very, very little will do the effect. Because quite often, the problem that needs to be medicated is very located in the body. It can be a cancer, a tumor, it can be a, an area where there is infection, etc. So the most logical way to solve the problem is to medicate exactly where it's needed, not all the body. But now when you go for local delivery, that's a different challenge because now you have to make sure that you're in the right place over a significant period as needed and with a high concentration as needed, but not toxic. So to control the drug locally, to control both the release rate and also the release duration, that's the trick. But if you can do that, you can go directly local where it's needed and not to poison all the body. And that's a huge advantage. So we are in local delivery of any type of drug to basically any type of disease where you know where it's located. So your, your advantage is basically limiting the exposure of the body to the drug and lowering the toxicity, potential toxicity of the drug in the body and focusing the active ingredient at the specific areas where it's needed. Exactly. But moreover, first of all, of course, reduction of toxicity, that's very important. And But together with that, you want to elevate also the efficacy dramatically. When you can hit now only the target, you can now allow yourself to get a very, a very high local concentration without paying the price of toxicity. And now you can get a better effect, much better effect that you cannot achieve by the systemic administration because the drug will not penetrate as much as you can do locally. So our slogan, Polypid slogan is go local. Mm-hmm. Whenever you can go local. That seems to make sense to the point that it's so logical that you have to wonder why doesn't everyone do this? And why are you the first or are you the first to, to do this? 
No, we are not the first. Everybody knows that you want to hit a target. Actually, every drug needs to find the molecule or the target in the body and to hit only that. We all know that the target can be very well defined, so it will be very logical to go directly there. But on the other hand, there is a very clear technological limitation, technical limitation with that. First of all, you have to know where is the target, but then you have to locate the reservoir directly there. You cannot reach the target again and again. It's not like putting a paste on the skin. It's often within the body in a place where you cannot reach again and again. You can go once or once in a while. Mm -hmm. So that means you have to create a reservoir located at the site with enough drug to support all the duration you need. You're saying you can't locate or or contact the target multiple times because it will require surgery and it will be invasive. And, and there, there are risks associated with that. Absolutely, yes. Now, when you have a reservoir of a drug that needs to medicate directly the site, first of all, it needs to be anchored to the site. It should not move anywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to control now the release rate in order to reach the concentration you want to get on one hand, and you need to control also the duration of the release. For instance, one day, Maybe it's enough, maybe not. But then you can go for one week, you can go for one month, and even several months if needed. So our technology, what we call Plex technology, actually doing exactly that. It can control the release of a drug from the reservoir according to a plan with the pre-designed weight and pre-designed duration. So therefore, you can take any drug and select the weight the body or the target will be exposed to this drug. So essentially, you could custom tailor the the drug to the the type of active ingredient that you're using exactly the active ingredient and of course the mission you want to uh, achieve Mm -hmm. means if you want to medicate with one drug for one week you can do that now you can change that to two weeks or three weeks according to need as an example uh, the duplex medication we are basically now in phase three with is uh, medicating the site with antibiotics over four weeks but if it will be a different antibiotic to a different location, it may need even more or less according to need. So let's talk about that antibiotic treatment. So you're, you're treating a specific patients that have undergone surgery and um, with a specific antibiotic. And what sort of advantages do you see with that sort of treatment? First of all, as I said, with the systemic, most of the drug will be lost. Therefore, if you want to achieve with high concentration locally with antibiotics to kill the bacteria, need to load into the systemic a lot of drug, high dose of the drug. Now, in some cases, it will be successful, whereas in other cases, it won't be enough because the bacteria is resistant to the treatment. Resistant is basically something that is highly related to the concentration of antibiotic around the bacteria. Now, if you cannot achieve the concentration needed at the site, you will not be effective against this bacteria. Now, with the local delivery, you don't need the systemic anymore. You are directly in the incision where it's needed, and now you can generate very high local concentration of antibiotic that can not only work as an antibiotic normally, but can now even eradicate resistant bacteria, even resistant to your antibiotics. Because now the concentration will be so high that the bacteria cannot resist that. I see. So let's talk about um, SSI of uh, surgical site infection. Uh, is this a common problem? Yes, too much. It's all over. Actually, the challenge is the bacteria is everywhere. It's in the environment. It's in the field. 
it's on our, on our skin, it's in the OR as well, it's on the tools. So you cannot escape bacteria, it's everywhere. That means that the incision during surgery will be loaded with some level of bacteria, wherever measurement will be, be taken uh, in order to avoid that. Still, that will be the, the case, there will be contamination. Now, with the systemic antibiotic, as we do today, as people do today in the surgery, you can avoid most of that, most of the infection that may develop. Whereas there is a constant level of SSI, a rate of SSI that is cannot be eradicated today with the systemic antibiotics. Just as an example, in open heart surgeries, about 5% of the patient will be infected. About half of the deep infection will die. Oh, wow. No matter how antibiotics you will pour into the circulation. Uh, with uh, with uh, colorectal resection, 30% of the patient will be infected post-surgery, regardless of the amount of antibiotic you will pour into the circulation. So there is a plenty to, to support and to avoid. So you're suggesting administering a local, slow-releasing antibiotic to people after having surgeries, at the time of the surgery. Mm-hmm. And that antibiotic will release slowly and increase the local dose of antibiotic, thereby A, treating the infection and preventing the need for systemic antibiotic. Exactly. People will give systemic antibiotics prior to surgery, but contamination can be dangerous not only during surgery, but long after surgery, during the healing period. Therefore, we covered actually the patient for 30 days constantly. Mm -hmm. So the product is inserted into the wound only once, but will affect the patient and actually the wound over 30 days constantly. Now, the high concentration in the wound will kill resistant bacteria, but it's not only the high concentration, it's also the duration. It's together concentration over extended period that will kill all the bacteria, even post-surgery. How did you come up with this idea? It sounds like a great idea with a lot of potential for helping patients, especially those who undergo surgery? Actually, early days, it was 2006, a physician came to me and asked for prolonged local delivery for dental indications. I was asking, how long would you like it to be? He said, can you make it uh, half a year, one year of release? (laughs) Yeah, I said, wow, exactly like that. But internally, I didn't say that loudly. I said, "Uh, look, I'll think about it. I was thinking I will go home, I will Google something and send to him and forget about it, you know. But of course, I went to Google, nothing was there, no solutions. I understand what are the limitations. I understand that I cannot send anything that will actually fulfill his uh, requirements. So I had to think. The end of this thinking was the idea of PLEX, Polymer Lipid Encapsulation Matrix, our technology. Because I I noticed that... uh, Quite often, people use polymers for extended release, whereas I know lipids. Polymer cannot do the job properly. Lipids will not do the job properly. But maybe the combination, the fusion between the lipids and the polymers may change the game. We'll create Uh something completely new. And that's what we call Plex technology. Okay, so the polymer technology is a type of technology that exists. And let's say you take a, a pill once a day and it dissolves slowly in the intestine. And that's that's using polymer technology. Polymer technology is also for systemic, but uh, I refer mainly for local delivery. Mm-hmm. For local delivery, when you want to create a reservoir, 
While often people use polymers in order to entrap a drug and then load this reservoir into the site. But that will not do properly the job. I see. So those are drugs like uh, hormones that are given using the un- under the skin. They're given for a long time. And that's, a, that's polymer-only based technology, right? Yes, it is. Uh, but uh, in this case, when you put it under the skin, the purpose is what we call local to systemic. Right. It means you are treating locally, but actually your target is systemic. Mm-hmm. What we are talking is, uh, what we are trying to solve is local to local, where you want to affect only where you are, mm-hmm. directly the site you are medicating. And then polymers can hold the drug over uh, a short period but cannot protect the reservoir and cannot control the release rate over time. Whereas the addition of the lipids will change the game and actually allow you to preserve the reservoir properly in the body over a prolonged period and control the release rate and duration. Okay, so you have this idea. What's the next step? How do you get the idea off the ground? Actually, I didn't want to initially. <laughs> I had a good idea. I, think I was thinking that maybe it's a good idea, but of course I didn't have any... Any prototype, any any uh, evidence that it can work. You know, it was a pure idea initially. I came back to this physician. I tell him, I told him, look, I have a nice idea, but you know, it's too much for us. You know, you're doing what you do. I'm doing my what I'm doing. You know, let's forget about it. It's too much. But mm-hmm. he was, he insists that we are going that we may find some uh, some finance support in order to establish a company. So what were you doing at the time when you had the idea? Where were you working? I was uh, working together with the Given Imaging contractor with Given Imaging and another company. So it was just something that was discussed outside mm-hmm. uh, that. And uh, I didn't want to quit my job. He was a physician. He didn't want to quit his job. But we were looking for, uh, for budget to initiate everything. And there was the uh, Israel incubator system that can support such projects with VCs. And uh, we, have, we found uh, one VC that was excited about the idea. That was uh, Accenia Venture Capital at mm-hmm. the time. Uh, they were very happy with the idea. They liked the idea. They liked the solution. They liked the technology. And they said, look, we would like very much you to start this project under the incubator, Accenia Incubator. But for that, you have to be the CEO. Right, so they wanted you to leave your job, and you have a good job on one hand, but exactly. you have this idea that's burning inside you on the other hand. So exactly, how do you exactly. make that decision? Exactly, that was the case. So with that, I told them, "Look, not for me. I can be an advisor, but not a CEO. I won't go to quit my job." Anyway, another year passed, and uh, things happened here, and things happened then. I end up as the CEO of Polypid. Mm-hmm. And one morning I was with $720,000 for two years, the CEO at home by myself. <laughs> and how to start now? You know, look for a place, look for a lab, look for an office, take a cellular telephone, find a car, you know, to start from zero, basically from scratch. You know? And with the pure idea with no evidence that it works. Mm-hmm. So the next step was actually to start something, to develop, first of all, the background and, of course, the facility, minimal facility that I'll have an initial evidence that it may work. So first, for proof of concept, you need some sort of prototype. And testing, I guess, is just in sort of solution, right? You you make a prototype and you put it in a solution. You see how it dissolves and how the drug dissolves within that solution, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, 
that was the process. You have to define very well the initial target because if you are not defining the, the initial target properly, you lose all the project. That's a major issue. And from the beginning, was your initial target treating uh, SSI or was it a dental application? It was a dental application initially. Actually, it was a dental application. In this case, it's not prevention of infection, it's treating infections. Mm-hmm. But the solution is similar. You have local exposure to antibiotics over prolonged period, control, uh, release of antibiotics. That's, in this case, it was similar. But from the beginning, I understand that this is a platform. It's not only for antibiotics. Mm-hmm. It can be anti-cancer agent, it can be anti-inflammation, it can be anti-pain, analgetics. It can be for many things. But, you know, you have to start with something. So we start with antibiotics. I see. Okay. So let's just talk about 30,000 feet above where your company is right now. Your project that, that deals with SSI, surgery, surgical site infection, is the most advanced, correct? Mm-hmm. And yes. That's the lead project. Absolutely. And what stage now, is that in now? We are now in two phase three studies. We initiated uh, one study in the sternal prevention of sternal infections, uh, post uh, basically cabbage surgeries. That's the most common surgery. When you cut the sternal bone and when the bone is infected, that's a very bad news for the patient and mm-hmm. for the for the physicians. That's one. But our main two uh, phase three studies in, in abdominal surgeries, colorectal resection uh, surgeries, where the infection rate is very, very high, about 30% in some of the cases. So in this case, we are trying to prevent infection. Yeah. As said, we are with two uh, uh, studies, multinational, multicenter, with the FDA, with the EMA, of course, with the Israeli authorities as well. And we are uh, running with that, and we have we hope to finish that uh, next year. Mm-hmm. And in terms of your cancer project? The cancer project is uh, is younger, but very exciting one. You know, local delivery in cancer can be really a game changer because the toxic drug damaging the patient enormously. And now if you can be local, you can overcome resistant tumors on one hand, but without suffering from all the causes, all the, the side effects around chemotherapy, that would be great. So we are there in a preclinical stage. If you're talking to entrepreneurs who are in early stages and, you know, you said you managed to raise, raise uh, $720,000 for two years when you're at a very early stage, what sort of advice would you give to an entrepreneur at an early stage to get, I mean, that sounds like a lot of money, but I know in terms of drug development, that's really a drop in the bucket. It's very little. And you need to decide very carefully what to do with that money. Exactly. So what advice do you give to an entrepreneur in that early stage before he's about to raise money? First of all, remember that although you have a budget and you have a timeline and you have a target, it makes sense. That happened to us. It was for two years, but basically support us for three years. Remember that at the time was it was 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. It was a crisis. No, no other ways to finance the project. And basically you are lost. So give a lot of thought about the way you expend your money. That's one. Second, mm-hmm. you have to define very well what will be the target you need to achieve and you can achieve with this budget that will, will help you to finance again. If you are not defining this target very, very well and very carefully, you lose all. You will lose it all. You will spend your money and you will not reach a point where you can raise again money. 
So you're saying to find your goal for the next step, for each round very carefully, and make sure that that goal will be able to bring you to the next round. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's the key. So you mentioned the financial crisis of 2008 that everyone's familiar with. That's one sort of obstacle that you ran into, and you managed to squeeze every last potential out of the financing that you had. What other sort of obstacles did you have starting out as a company? Look, to develop a drug, that's a huge project, as we know. Not only for startup, even for large companies, even for the huge companies. That's very expensive. A lot of obstacles. Day by day, it takes 10 years, $1 billion, so you can expect a lot of obstacles. So solve them one after the other. You don't need to try to solve everything at once. That's first of all. Second, take any support you can. Some will say sharing is caring, but here is sharing is everything. Means share, share the obstacles with others, share, uh, share the, the risk with others, share the tasks with others. And you know, for entrepreneur to share, it's not only, not, not always easy, you know, they are, they are running like crazy, uh, like uh, a single uh, a warrior in the field. Uh, but here you have to be more, I would say, you need to delegate, learn how to delegate <laughs> to other people. Exactly. You have to be much more modest and to know that you cannot do everything by yourself. You have to share responsibilities. You have to share uh, everything in order to achieve a very high level of goals. Uh, let's talk a little bit about marketing. And uh, you're in phase three, so that means you're pretty close to getting to the market. What's the plan? How do you market a product like this, which seems to be a sophisticated product? Um, different than what's out there on the market? And how do you convince people that this is what they need to buy? First of all, I don't need to convince them. They know. <laughs> they are suffering every day from this problem, you know. That is one thing that's very nice in, in healthcare, you know, that the problem is very well defined. Everybody knows that's the problem. Everybody needs solutions. And you're going to very clear unmet needs. That's one. So, so that's from the beginning, you're focusing on an unmet need that you knew is an unmet need. And you know, when you go to the market, this is something that's going to be, it's going to sell like hotcakes. It's going to take over the market in this specific field of, uh, for instance, SSI, and hopefully, eventually, certain cancer treatments. Absolutely, yes. As long as you give a sufficient bulk of evidence that it can do the job. So what sort of evidence do you have? I guess you have phase two positive trials that show that that you can deal with this problem. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we uh, now the Diplex 100, that's the product we're in phase three, actually uh, show efficacy in previous studies. Uh, one of them was a colorectal uh, resection study, phase two, where we show a very high efficacy and very, very good safety profile in a very, uh, uh, I would say, aggressive type of surgery where the infection rate is huge, about 30%, mm-hmm. 20 to 40, depending on the type of the surgery. And we show a reduction over 50% in the SSI with no mortality, whereas in the control, there was plenty of mortality and with no deep infection. That's also very critical. Uh, so we show very high efficacy on one hand and very nice safety profile. Actually, there was no issues around the safety of this product. That's one. A second study was also in, in uh, open heart surgery. Show again, very nice safety and uh, initial efficacy. It was a smaller study. 
So uh, DPX100 show very good on one hand efficacy and safety even against resistant bacteria mm-hmm. in this case. But also there is a plenty of data before that, preclinically and uh, of course in other levels. And there was other products before DPX100 based on the same technology show huge effect, let's say in open, uh, in uh, open fractures, mm-hmm. in trauma cases. So we know the technology can work in very extreme situations. So let's say you get to market, right? So down the road, what's preventing other companies from copying your technology? First of all, patents. <laughs> uh, there is a lot of many patents, over 100 worldwide, and there are plenty on our way. Uh, that's one thing. Second is, of course, huge know-how. We have our own GMP uh, facility. Not uh, not so far from here, two buildings from here, mm-hmm. uh, one thousand meters square, where there is plenty of knowledge how to develop and how to produce such a product in mass scale. That takes years to develop and uh, and take it all together. I think we have very uh, comprehensive and multi-level layers of protection. That sounds like it makes sense, and uh, hopefully it'll get to market soon and uh, benefit from that patent protection that you have. In terms of advice for startup founders, so you, now you've, you've come a long way since you started the company. You're talking about 15 plus years. What sort of advice would you give yourself now, looking back, <laughs> your younger self who started the company? What would you say? <laughs> Maybe not to start. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, that was a real, I say, nice journey. I learned a lot. I gained a lot. I think I, I hope I give hope to other people that they may overcome very serious and critical issues, medical issues. So I'm very satisfied with what I did. On the other, I can appreciate the risk and the huge efforts and a lot of faith, you know, what you do in order to overcome all these obstacles over the years. There are many. You have to appreciate that initially that you're going for a long journey, a very tough one. And on one hand, you have to be a warrior and to go for the target. But on the other hand, need remember and appreciate you need a lot of support. You have to share. You need support. It's critical that you will share. You will share responsibilities. You will share, uh, of course, the gain from all aspects you have to share. Sharing is everything here in the pharma. It's not one person that do all of that. You know, although I'll be all the time the founder. But there are many in the show. You know, there are mm-hmm. about 70 people around and there will be plenty more in the future just to achieve this goal. Thank you, Dr. Emmanuel. This has been a great interview and I enjoyed coming here, seeing the offices in Petr Tikva in Israel and meeting you and hearing your story. And I hope that uh, entrepreneurs that are like you will be able to benefit from this and learn from your successes in this field. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was Dr. Norm Emanuel, the founder and chief scientific officer of Polypid. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There are many more to come. We'd love to hear about your startup and what you're working on. If you have a great innovation, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by going to jmbdavis.com forward slash startup. We have a special site specifically made for startups in order to help startups 
protect their innovations. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to being with you in the next episode.